0: Previously on Many Realms Knox and Susan pay a visit to Angela Whitcomb, the scientist who created the Ark for Rex Lemaire. She offers them a deal. She'll tell them what she knows if they recover some of her equipment, stolen by rebellious werewolves who wish to manufacture sunshine against Rex Lemaire's wishes. Knox and Susan reluctantly accept the deal. Roman meets up with Ileana in the aftermath of the hardware fire, unsure about where she stands at Ileana's court. Iliana seduces Roman with promises of great magical power, and Roman decides to stay in the Fae Queen's good graces. For now. Liz and Joan spearhead the effort to relocate the Naturalist Society's materials to Roman's house until the heat dies down. Kitty gets curious and agrees to attend a meeting along with Roman. At the meeting, Susan rallies the Naturalist ladies and her new friends to investigate the situation with the wolves of the docks. And on his way home, Knox passes the improvised grave he made in the park only to discover the body has been dug up and spirited away.
1: Hey, I'm Jory, I play Kitty the Oracle, and it is good to be here. Hey, I'm Eli, I play Roman the Fae, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Jillian, I play Susan the Hunter, it's good to be here.
2: I'm Jordan, I play Nox the Tainted, and it is good to be here. I'm Jesse, I'm the MC, and it's good to be here. Oh
0: So, it is the day after you all met at the Fairmont Park Naturalist Society. The four of you have resolved to figure out how exactly you'd like to handle Angela Whitcomb's proposition and the issue of the werewolves of the docks uh, manufacturing synthetic sunshine. The four of you discussed going maybe on your separate ways to do a little bit of fact-finding or deal with some other business before you uh, buckled down and made a concrete plan of action. Does anyone have anything specific they would like to bring to the table?
3: Kitty is currently staying at Roman's house Mm -hmm. and currently has one outfit and no stuff.
0: Which, being seen in the same outfit twice? Mm -hmm. She's probably
3: borrowing Roman's clothes. Are you the The same size?
0: (laughs) How close are you to an age?
3: I'm like three years older than you or something. You're like 26 and I'm 29. Yeah. Something like that. But like most of Roman's clothes are men's clothes. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Hot. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I need to go home, grab some stuff. And I also want to talk to Philip, who did not come see me yesterday.
0: He didn't come see you yesterday. Okay. You probably call a cab. from the paint phone outside Roman's house, which uh, whisks you back towards the downtown. We're coming up, I think we're in like early to mid April at this point. It's a fairly warm day. I think you're wearing like a men's button down. She doesn't like it. Uh, she doesn't like it. It feels weird. The buttons are on the wrong side. <laughs> and like incongruously paired with the skirt that you were wearing at the at the club that night, which has like a little bit of blood still on it because you weren't going to wear like Roman's janky old pants that have like holes and patches and things on them. And you head to your apartment building and, um you know, sort of blush as the doorman pointedly refrains from commenting on your appearance and take the elevator up to the penthouse suite. As you let yourself in, you don't hear anyone inside.
3: All right, I'm just gonna start packing and if no one's there, I'm gonna wait.
0: Uh, it's Saturday morning, so it is a little weird that Philip is not home and you uh, pop some some luggage into a suitcase and then kind of set it on the end of the bed and twiddle your thumbs and wait for him. And after a few moments, or maybe closer to say like half an hour or so, you hear the key turn in the lock and the door open. Um, Do you say anything?
3: Hello? Oh,
0: h- hello? Who's there? Hi. Philip bursts into the bedroom, shocked that you are here. He looks awful. He looks like he hasn't slept since the last time you saw him, or shaved, or maybe even showered. his He looks like he's wearing the same clothes, his shirt's rumpled, uh, not ironed, his tie is askew, and um, he takes his hat off and worries it in his hands as he uh, approaches you in the room and says... Kitty uh, uh welcome home how are you
3: I'm doing much better um have you not been home N-
0: no more than uh, uh usual I suppose just busy days at the office as I've as I've mentioned but but yours is uh your situation is far more important to me kitty are you are you well how are you feeling
3: I'm okay I had a f- few questions for you but first um I'm gonna start like making him something to eat (laughs) okay and like put some kettle on like it's early it's pretty early in the morning right Mm -hmm. uh where were you
0: I if you must know I slept at the office last night why we were working late and uh it didn't seem worth the trouble to take a, a cab all the way back to the apartment just to just back to the apartment.
3: All right. I think Kitty's gonna accept that answer. She's gonna pour him a glass of tea, and she's gonna say, "I'm not home. Home. I needed some things. You said you would come by yesterday, and you didn't. I guess you've been busy."
0: Yes, I've, I've, I've been busy, and I don't know, Kitty. You've put me in, in a sort of an awkward position, haven't you? To be fair, I've, I'm trying to. Respect you, and the space that you have clearly articulated that you need, but, uh, it's- it's... I don't think it's exactly proper, what it is you're doing. You belong here. All of your- all of your things are here, and- and more than that, your family's here.
3: I will come back, but first, I have a question for you, that if you answer honestly, will bring me back quicker, hopefully, I think.
0: These are leprechaun rules, as far as I can tell, but I'll entertain you
3: when I was shot, um i had I had a vision that you were in, and I just want to get to the bottom of it i There was a man a bit older than you um, with one hand, and you you attack him in the vision and i want to know if you know who that man is can i have brought the picture with me yeah I say i did that makes sense yeah so i show him the picture of the man and say do you recognize this person
0: uh when you set that picture down in front of him his face darkens he sets down the mug of tea and his mouth hardens into like a flat straight line and he looks up at you with stony eyes and he says kitty what are you doing in fairside
3: i'm asking you a simple question do you know this person
0: it's not nearly as simple as that kitty and you know it perfectly well don't play the fool it doesn't suit you he seems upset he stands up and roughly shoves his chair into the kitchen table and he says kitty you don't understand the necessary forces by which this city operates i have spent my whole life working to make lakeshore a, a fair and just honest place for everyone to live and work and play and it takes a lot of work not all of it is very um photogenic i think it would be best for you kitty if you stayed here where we could keep you safe and happy let me protect you kitty you don't want to get drawn into whatever it is you think you're doing
3: i don't think i can do that just don't think I can sit here and stay while all of this information is going through my head without explanation.
0: Kitty, you'll get hurt. You've been hurt already. I couldn't bear to see anything else happen to you. Kitty, I am your husband.
3: Please will... let
0: me protect you.
3: I will be... <laughs>
0: He's deeply upset. Yeah, I know. If my award-winning performance hasn't clued you in already.
3: It's not like she's striving for independence. That's not like what she wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just wants to like get this out of the way so everything can go back to how it
0: Well, I think this is kind of like a uh gets to a lot of what we've talked about when you created Kitty of this um this conflict of like I have access to this information, I have these feelings, I have these drives, and part of me knows that um Acting on them isn't safe and it isn't proper and it will get me into trouble and maybe hurt. Mm-hmm. But part of me is also not comfortable and content to be kind of like shut away in a penthouse apartment and just be like yeah. a society woman. Okay. So, so this think, is, I think, that conflict coming This is, I think, that conflict
3: coming in. I think what she's going to say is um, I think this has gone beyond your protection and I have to work it out on my own. I can't just let you do it for me.
0: Kitty, you you must. You have no idea what you're talking about.
3: Then tell me what I'm talking about.
0: That won't help anything. Kitty, please use some sense.
3: Okay, so what he's saying is he's just trying to convince me to stay.
0: Yeah, and he's like... I mean, I think his point that you, like, started meddling for one hour and got shot in the stomach (laughs) carries some weight. Yeah, he's (laughs) not... You were, like, deeply injured.
3: I just want to... Can you skim the surface? Is that one of your moves? I can skim the surface, and I should skim the surface. Actually, what is what is that? Uh, when you touch someone, you can read this, their surface thoughts. Roll with spirit. I have a list of questions. It's what I use yeah. to uh, on Gotcha. So that's four, five, six, seven, eight. I get one question. Why are you keeping secrets?
0: Okay. So I think you grab his arm. Do you say anything?
3: Um, I might. I'm probably just gonna try and like. I'll be okay. Like something vaguely yeah. um, Exactly.
0: And yeah. you touch his arm and kind of uh send out that tendril of, of psychic probing and
3: Which I wonder if he recognizes.
0: Have you ever skimmed his surface before?
3: <laughs> I guess say probably. Okay. Like if we've
0: Is that weird to like to Maybe read your lover's thoughts?
3: Yeah, it's super in- intrusive and yeah. you shouldn't do it. Does
0: he well no, but Ethically... like if you've done it before to Philip, wouldn't he be like, don't do that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> and probably.
0: Okay, but you think you recognize?
3: I'm that. suggesting he may.
0: Okay, here's what I'll do. I'll give you the vision of uh, where Philip was last night. He was he was at the office. He was working late, and you see him in that same boardroom that you saw in your dream, without the um, mystery man in question. Um, you do see him and a handful of other, you know office men and you see uh an an office aide come in who brings down this big uh paper box onto the table and everyone kind of gathers around as he reverently opens it and you see that inside this box are big bright red flyers advertising the lakeshore exhibition and at the far end of the room you see a woman with uh short steel gray hair in a skirt suit of a muted plum stand up, cross over to the box of flyers, pick one up, and smile.
3: That's the mayor, right? Yeah. Do I recognize her?
0: Yeah, of course you would. Mayor Evelyn Graham. Mm -hmm. And back in the IRL of this fictional podcast, Philip recoils from your touch and says, Kitty, you know I don't like you doing that.
3: I'm sorry, you weren't. You're hiding things from me. You know I don't like you doing that.
0: (laughs) That doesn't give you a right to find them. A man is entitled to privacy, Kitty. I don't know what ideas your your lunatic sister has been feeding you, but I think that every minute you spend in Fairside is a minute you push yourself closer and closer to foolishness and recklessness. And I won't have it, Kitty. You need to come home now.
3: What if I don't? What if I go back?
0: Then I can't protect you from what happens.
3: I'm gonna mark corruption to my use my corruption move. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna give him a false prophecy and I'm gonna tell him that i've seen what happens if you do not let me go and if you do not trust me in this it does not turn out well for you or your ambitions
0: well maybe i don't trust you kitty i don't know what's happened to the woman i married she seems to have vanished before my very eyes now you're you're doing drugs, running around, getting she shot. You know
3: I did drugs.
0: I have my suspicions.
3: <laughs> <laughs> when have I lied to you in all of this? What have I done to make you not trust me?
0: This behavior is is reckless and it's foolish and it's dangerous. You needn't lie to prove yourself a, a capricious and naive woman. What do you think you're doing? What are you trying to accomplish?
3: I'm trying to get our lives back to normal if my head is spinning like this i cannot be that woman you married
0: well then i'm not sure what place you have here as it is
3: fine i'm going to sort this all out and i will see you soon i'm more sad than i'm mad a
0: sad one's fine yeah he says take your time and he grabs a suitcase and roughly pushes it into your hands and ushers you at the door
4: Susan would like to go uh well sorry Simon would like to go talk to Louis.
0: Okay, you hop on your motorbike and uh <laughs> head down to Louis. He's got like a little like warehousey office space, correct? And when you arrive on this Saturday morning, I guess it's been like maybe a week or so since you saw him last. He is now uh all smiles
2: watching cartoons.
0: He's watching cartoons. He's Well, no, he does have the radio playing. Um, it's Samba at 7, but on Saturdays it's 7 in the morning. No, he says, um, Hey, Simon. Uh, how you doing today?
4: I'm fine. You seem to be in much better spirits than you were last time.
0: We have had uh, a gift of providence from up above. A turn of fates.
4: Oh, do tell.
0: How many can I sign you up for?
4: Oh, two God. bottles?
0: Three?
4: Oh, uh...
0: That's what you're here for, right? I'm sure you weren't just coming by to exchange pleasantries, Simon. I mean, I like you well enough, but uh, I don't need to go out and play tennis with you on the weekends. You know what I'm saying?
4: Everyone keeps saying that.
0: <laughs> well, you're terrible at tennis.
4: Okay. Interesting. I guess I'll buy what I can afford. I don't know how much that is. Uh, is it regular priced?
0: No, it's up a bit. Yeah. Roll a D6 okay with like scrounging together to cash on you you can get four four doses which is enough to last you usually like a couple of weeks
4: do you do you know how this miracle came to be
0: it is the wise man who does not look the gift horseth in the moutheth simon you need to read up on your on your spiritual philosophy i think he pulls a little glass case from beneath his countertop and he unlatches it and opens it and you can see that there are four bottles of sunshine. As he holds one, as he holds one up to you, you can see that it does have maybe just barely perceptible to the naked eye a sort of sour greenish tinge around the edges of it.
4: Have you have you tried it?
0: Yeah. A couple of days ago.
4: And yeah, I'm
0: missing a little gene you know, say what, but uh Otherwise it's got, got a pretty good punch to it.
4: Okay. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite look up to standard.
0: Try yourself. I mean pay for it first, but no, of uh,
4: course. <laughs> uh not not now. Uh, I've pressing Mattis to attend to, you understand. But I, I, I came by, um well, because I was under the impression that, you know, there was still uh, a shortage and, um, whatnot. Um,
0: did you have, like, a lead you wanted to let me know about? What was the purpose of your visit?
4: Y- yes, well, um, perhaps you heard about the incident at the Hardware?
0: Yeah, terrible shame, that. You didn't get mixed up in that, did you?
4: I mean, I was there.
0: No, it's tr- you don't strike me as the club type.
4: Um, <laughs> <A> stuffed shirt. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, nice, um to spend the night on the town.
0: It looks like you made it out in one piece. I
4: I, I did, I I was lucky. Uh, Do you know the details?
0: Uh, It looks like um, there was a conflagration, some confrontation, a little bit of destruction, desolation. I (laughs) mean, politics. You know, Simon, I don't talk about politics with customers. I try not to. I don't think it uh, sets up a good business relationship. Maybe there were some agents operating at the hardware for various powers that may or may not be. And maybe they got themselves into a tussle. What does it affect us? What is it to you and to me? You're all safe and sound. I was home in bed, asleep, reading my mysteries.
4: Well, a few things. One, the whole thing was done in the name of Rex Lemaire. Yeah, well, hmm, hmm and two, iliana
0: yeah i heard of her
4: that was her her establishment first of all so she's not happy she's also not happy that there's no sunshine she's been shaking down every resident in town to try and scrounge up whatever drugs there may be uh and she's kind of turning into an absolute monster over it
0: well at least we can fix that one bring a smile to her face i can't do much about uh interpersonal conflict that's not really my domain but uh substances yeah there you go four bottles right and uh simon since i am uh, you know being so generous with you restoring our lines of business and communication with nary a, a a cold shoulder or a harsh word i would like to ask in return that maybe you just um we don't need to talk very much about this batch of sunshine it's perfectly good, I can vouch for it, took some myself. I it would be um maybe a little bit insulting if if I heard you were spreading word about any product that I delivered onto the uh hungry hungry economy of Flakeshore.
4: Of course. Well Enjoy your day.
0: You too. Good luck with Ileana. I hear she's a
4: real nasty one. Yeah. Cheers.
0: And you uh, pocket the bottles and hop on your motorbike and head back into Fairside. Uh, and Roman, anything to get done?
1: I think I want to give Ileana the sunshine that's questionable. Okay. But I don't want her to know it's me.
0: Okay. I want to ask what's prompted this change of heart, because in the last session you were like, uh, and then Ileana was like, I can show you the world. And then you gave her the good shit.
1: I am interested to see what it does. Um, I thought about it and, like, Roman doesn't necessarily know this is, like, bad.
0: No, for sure. She
1: doesn't necessarily know this will do anything bad to Ileana. Mm -hmm. Um, None of
0: you are, like, chemists. You're all, like, recreational drug users.
1: Yeah. Um, And so, like, even though it's, like, laced with something... I don't necessarily know that's going to, like, kill Ileana. The other thing is, like, I don't know. L- let's say I, like, die in this mission we're going to do. <coughs> She's kind of like, might as well. Might as well make this a parting gift.
0: Okay. But a secret parting gift.
1: Yeah. it's I, I guess it's kind of like if Illyana, if I'm gone for a while and she needs something to, like, tide her over, that's kind of sketchy, but it'll do the job in a pinch. But at the same time, if if it, like, has adverse effects, I don't want it connected to me. Are
0: you going to tell her that you're going to be kind of out of commish for a while because you're going on, like, a wild mission? Like, how much of, now that you've kind of got a lot of stuff going on, how much of your day-to-day is still, like, being Ileana's lackey kind of thing?
1: That's the problem. I don't know how, like, at her beck and call I was. I was kind of in under the impression it's, like... She has, like, a gaggle of fae around, and she's mm-hmm. like, you, like, you do this, and because Roman's not around, she's not, like, at her beck and call.
0: Sure. That's that's definitely been true of, like, lately.
1: So she's not necessarily like, where's Roman? I need Roman to do something. She's just like, I need a fae, like, a low-level fae around to do something for me.
0: But on the flip side, you're someone who, like, craves her, like, admiration and approval and validation and the power she can offer you.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: I'm more interested in what you think about her than what she thinks about you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean I'm interested in both but
1: Um, again I think that it's kind of complicated like obviously she very much respects Ileana I don't think I would call it adoration per se she's also has some opinions that she thinks that like Ileana is a little bit power-hungry and thinks that that is kind of not congruent with, like, fey magics. Like, Mm -hmm. I think maybe she thinks it's a little bit arrogant to think that you could, like, be on that level, Mm -hmm. maybe. So she feels complicated ways about Ileana. She, like, wants to stay in her good books for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess she would tell her that she's, like, going to try to deal with the Sunshine Supply.
0: Okay, can I pitch something to you?
1: Pitch something to me.
0: You you seem like you're standing at the bat. I just want to pitch something to you. See if it connects. Mm-hmm. There's two powers on there, Bedlam and like fake wild shape or whatever, shape change, mm-hmm. that you haven't used yet in the game as far as I'm aware. For sure. Maybe we can style a scene where she is like giving you that kind of like fey power access that we've talked about. Like maybe one of the reasons you're interested in, in being around her is that she like shares her abilities and teaches you. So, do you like that?
1: I do. I think I would like to have already had Bedlam. So maybe yeah. she teaches me shape change.
0: And this, like, this isn't gonna like effectively change anything with your character sheet. Yeah. There's just a narrative, whatever, structuring for how we do this.
1: Yeah. So maybe she teaches me how to shape change, and I like kind of shift the narrative to say like, oh, because you're helping yeah. me and showing me, I'm gonna go like, try to fix this sunshine problem.
0: So let's roll with that. She mostly does magic lessons one-on-one. It requires an intense amount of concentration, focus, power of will, 100% something, something, something skill. So she's left her gaggle of followers led by uh, Elliot in a, a lighter, a more like public area of the park, but she's led you down a winding, steep dirt path into a hollow of white birch trees with like little buds starting to push out through the papery bark and casting like gentle kind of shadows as you stand in the middle of this grove. And she says, Are you ready, Roman? Ready. The gift you gave me the other day was, um... Sumptuous, as ever.
1: Uh, I'm glad, my queen. That's all I ever want for you.
0: And to the worthy go the spoils, as it's done. Now, close your eyes once more. And listen. It may sound like... There's nothing here, but as time passes and you maintain your concentration you can hear first the calls of birds, the rustle of new leaves, and then go deeper. Hear the sounds of insects burrowing in the dirt. The sounds of the plants themselves unfurling, growing, capturing sunlight in a fragmented mirror and using it to feed themselves picture it all of the life and all of the sound that it makes all around you like an endless symphony each and every moment of the day now open your eyes and when you open your eyes that same effect that happened uh, the other day in the park where this kind of shimmer of gold is overlaying everything it's like you are one step closer to the fairy realm that you desperately crave an understanding and uh, access to Um, Moats of golden light kind of lazily drift from the trees and the bushes in between and all around you Um, and it looks as though like an image of paradise has been overlaid upon this mundane uh, grove of trees in Fairmont Park and Juliana says from here it's simple focus on the sound focus on the sight and will it you blink and you almost miss it as um her body contorts changes the edges of it bleed into the air like smoke and then in front of you is a uh red fox
1: I reach out and touch it
0: it um closes its eyes and burrows its hand or its head into your hand as you scratch it behind the ears
1: How did you do that
0: Uh, You look down again, and suddenly your hand is cupping her soft, warm cheek, Uh, and she's kneeling on the grass in front of you, her dress spread out all around her, and she says, It's easy. Just focus. Just will it. Roman, the reason I chose you to join my society is that it's obvious to everyone, except perhaps yourself, how much power flows from you, how much potential there is if you would only take the time to master and wield it. You're so distracted by the follies of the mortal world. It prevents you from coming into your true power, and it breaks my heart to see it.
1: I think uh, at this point, Roman tries to follow suit before she speaks.
0: Okay, and you you have this ability, so you can just like, Yeah. yeah. Do you want to describe it with words?
1: <laughs> sure. Um, Roman closes her eyes and like lowers herself, I guess, into like a a quieter state. Um, she tries to feel the air around her, kind of melding with her skin until she feels herself disappear. Um, and she pictures a. Red robin, which is something that she's seen many times outside of her window. So she's familiar with um, all of the details, I guess, each feather. Um, and when she opens her eyes, she is so much smaller.
0: Yeah, you are looking up now into Ileana's humongous face as you have alighted on her outstretched finger. And she brings you up level to her eyes and she kind of turns you in the light and expect- inspects your plumage. Um, your beautiful eyes, your sharp, vicious claws. And she says, well done. Roman, have you ever flown before?
1: I'll, like, try and kind of, like, st- stumble. Do birds stumble? I-, I try to, like, take flight and it doesn't really work and she, like, catches me again in her hand.
0: She catches you again, and she says. Flying is, um, it's hard at first to understand, but... It's like I was saying earlier. Stop letting yourself be weighed down by all of your worries and concerns and angers and fears. And just focus on joy. It's there if you want it. And without warning, she lowers her hand and launches you up into the air.
1: Um, I think, yeah, I think that works for Roman. That, that works for her. She takes flight. Um, she's soaring around in these, like... Figure eights.
0: Yeah, and you you are skirting the tops of the trees of Fairmont Park, and you're still in that that kind of mental place where you can sort of see that um, that visible, tangible magic in the air. These golden shimmers everywhere, and as you uh, wheel over the city proper, you can see almost like a huge um, a huge like line of golden fire that sort of uh, traces the eastern edge of Fairmont Park facing the rest of the city. And uh, deeper within, you see um, like huge plumes, almost like wildfires of golden light in constituted areas. There's one in the downtown core. There's one over by the docks. There's one uh, a little farther uh, on the northern edge of the city. Um, These must be the other kind of uh, like the hot spots almost in the way that Fairmont Park has that that close-linked association with the Fae realm. And you, uh, wheel back down into the meadow and land once more on Ileana's hand, and she, uh, sets you on a birch branch, and she says, um, Not bad for a first-timer.
1: Roman- Changes back to her human form. I think it's a.
0: The branch breaks and you fall. A thick enough 30 branch
1: <laughs> that she's sitting in it.
0: Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Um,
1: and looking, looking at Iliana, she is like so excited. Like she's never, she's never excited. Roman is like a fairly quiet and composed person, but she's like a kid. Mm-hmm. That was <sighs> Ileana, That was amazing. I, I, I saw all of the. Sp- the magic. I I saw it in in the downtown. I saw it at the docks. I I knew exactly where it was.
0: This is what it can be like all the time.
1: Is that what you always see?
0: She nods serenely.
1: She Roman has like a new a newfound vigor again to like help Eliana as always. She reels you
0: back in. She's
1: Roman gets away from Eliana. She's like mm, not that great. Eh, it's fine. I don't need her. And then as soon as she comes back and talks to her, she's just that charm, man. The charm gets her. And Maybe
0: then- the real drug is a hot Ukrainian fairy woman. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: Does it trigger your intimacy move?
0: This is very, this is an intimate scene. Uh, Thank good you, Jillian. question.
1: When you share a moment of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, demand a promise from them. If they refuse you or break the promise, they owe you two debts.
0: That's great. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I human form once more. Ileana, I have an ask of you. I. You say I have potential, you say I have power inside me, and you're right. If it's there, I don't see it. I need you to make me your protege, a successor, eventually.
0: I think that's good and true to the character. I like that, like that feels very true to Roman. I I would wanna push you to ask for something that has like a more concrete like yes or no to it so that it can be more powerful if she keeps it or breaks it.
1: Sure. Um I don't know if this is a lot to ask, but I think Roman wants more transparency with Ileana and like the way that would be would the way the form that would take is like if I find her lying, say or being sneakrit that that would be a like a break of that debt which i am admittedly like fully expecting Ileana to do um but roman is asking her to like not treat her like an equal but when i say protege i guess that translates more to like um like more genuine trust mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: um maybe the like something again that very like faye i think like trickstery phrasing of it is maybe like promise me you'll never lie to me
1: Sure, yeah. Ileana, you tell me that I have a lot of potential and and magical energy and power in me, and you're right. I don't necessarily believe that. Uh, I want to know that I'm somebody you really trust and and really see things in. Uh, Somebody that you... uh, that you wouldn't lie to, that you wouldn't ever lie to.
0: She looks at you, um, and just as quickly as it's there, it's gone. The, The warmth, the golden light, the glow, the intimacy, it doesn't just fade. It gets stomped out like someone has snuffed out a candle. And she looks at you with cold blue eyes like chips of ice, and she says, I already have. And she turns into a red robin cocks her head at you curiously and flies away. As evening rolls across Ferriside, the four of you gather at the Naturalist Society to compare notes and make a plan for what to do next. Um, You had sent the Naturalist Society ladies out and about to gather some information of the situation at hand. I think I'd like to make this a role, and I'd like it to be a role of Susan, since she is their uh, cult leader. I- I'd let you argue it either way. I think I'd say you're hitting the streets either with like the faction of the Naturalist Society, which is Mortality, or with the faction of like the Wolves, because you're getting information about them, which is Night. I think probably more the former, unless you have like a, a strong stance either way.
4: No, I do need to like mark Mortality, so that is good.
0: And there you go. Roll is that your
4: last one? Yeah.
0: Oh, someone's going to get an map.
4: Hell yeah. Seven. They have the stuff, but it's more costly than you anticipated, or they're, like, busy with their own stuff.
0: Okay. You went to the National Society Women to get info on the wolves. I think they are, they're not juggling their own problems. They're like down to help you with that. I think it's more that whatever you want from them is more costly than anticipated. So what is the cost of having these women go out and try to suss up information about um, kind of the criminal underworld for you? What 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 cost might be incurred by sending the naturalist society out to gather information Could about the wolves? Could
3: anyone have been put at risk? In the naturalist society, that's like your worst case scenario, right? Is these women get put in harm's way?
2: Uh, Is there any information that we were kind of hiding from them in some way? Or even about anybody else at the table?
3: Or hiding Uh, drugs.
2: Because they were looking into people that you've engaged... Both of you have engaged with quite a bit, right?
3: I
4: feel like they're not subtle, maybe?
0: I don't think they're trained for stealth. No,
4: no. Um, And, you know, Nancy's full of enthusiasm. Uh and maybe not at the right time.
0: Okay, I think that Nancy kind of tips the wolves off in the in the course of your investigation. And I think whatever elements of surprise that you could have mustered in your plan is gone mm-hmm. at this point. The women are ready, and they have some exciting information to share with you. Like they have gotten their um, their intel, but Nancy's looking a bit embarrassed as the topic of like discretion comes up. Um, I think Grace and Joan, two of the more developed characters in this uh, club, (laughs) take the lead to give this presentation. Grace is, of course, deeply unhappy to see Knox in the room. (laughs) Whatever. You you flip her off or whatever. You roll it on your skateboard. Yeah. Um, Flick my hair to the side. Yeah. Joan says, we did some digging today, and... um, We couldn't find out too much, I mean, in that limited scope of time and with our resources, but um, a lot of the girls know people who work at the docks, their husbands, their sons, their brothers mostly, and um, we were able to piece together kind of a general shape of the picture down there. You probably already know that uh, Rex Lemaire is kind of in control of most of the criminal activity that goes on down at the docks, and that is, of course, um, primarily smuggling, cargo, in and out that's often where uh, ingredients that are required to make sunshine are shipped into Lakeshore. It seems that for a long time, what we've heard anyway, the wolves have been um, unhappy with how Rex treats them. They're very much a means to an end for him. um, And he doesn't think very highly of their uh, uh, cranial capacity, let's say. So it seems like there's been a bit of a schism and that there's a group of wolves that are less and less willing to put up with Rex's shit and are looking for ways to deal with it on their own terms. And I think uh, whatever prompted Rex to cut off Sunshine production has fed into that in a big way. I can't give you any names. I don't know who's leading what, but our most promising lead is Trixie's. That's the bar at the docks that seems to be primarily patronized by the wolves if there's anyone you want to meet up with or get any information from that could be the best place to do it if you are looking to go in in a more uh, assertive fashion we know which block of warehouses are frequented by the wolves that are loyal to rex we're not sure where any kind of um, counterculture movement may be establishing itself grace is like i made a map Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, any word on Alan?
0: We dropped the name a couple of times and uh, got shut down pretty hard. It seems like he might be um, involved in whatever uh, anti-Rex faction that's uh, happening among the wolves. Mostly our contacts were among loyal, long-term veteran dock workers that uh, see Rex as a, a bit of a patron who offers them, you know, a place in the city that's their own free of kind of persecution and asks for some favors on the side they see it as kind of a a reasonable working relationship and I mean hard labor is all they've ever known most of them
1: thanks it's a little disappointing for Roman but
0: sorry
4: Uh, well uh, good, good work ladies thank you as always for putting yourselves out there
0: Anything for you, Thuthen. Ugh.
4: Oh, yes, I know, Nancy. Thank you. Um,
0: they did see me though, with wearing a disguise. Oh. But they saw me. Okay.
4: So. Okay. Well, we'll work on that for next time, I suppose. Then,
1: yeah. Can I ask what disguise you were wearing?
0: <laughs> well, I just seen the lady from Shanghai, and she wears this big trench coat and huge glasses, and it's like no one can see her face. But I think it was like a little bit obvious in retrospect.
1: Oh
4: my I have an update of my own it seems that sunshine in some capacity is back on the market
1: oh huh that could be some good news for a lot of people and uh part of the
4: reason that uh Angela proposed This quest of sorts
0: Fair Drag me
4: (laughs) It's an RPG, there are quests okay (laughs) Uh, is that uh, some of the wolves uh, took some of her equipment in order
1: to manufacture sunshine So what I'm hearing is that these wolves that we're about to go have a talk with are in charge of all of the sunshine and therefore all of my happiness in the city right i don't know how everyone else is feeling but it doesn't feel prudent to piss them off or kill them (laughs) i agree the wolves yeah
0: kitty how do you nice upstanding society lady feel about them talking about like whether or not it's a good idea to murder a bunch of werewolves
1: for the record I'm saying it's not a good idea yeah (laughs) um but it
2: was on the table yeah
3: (laughs) I mean I have my own lead I'm working on right that's kind of irrelevant not relevant. that's kind of
0: yeah I just like want to know how you feel about getting sucked into like a world that's like a lot more uh, intense and violent
3: she's pretty I think she's distracted okay if anything she's kind of I mean she's not she's probably a little like horrified Mm mm-hmm Low key horrified, high key preoccupied.
0: That's the shirt. <laughs> That's late capitalism.
4: Uh, I mean, like like I said yesterday, everyone. Um, I I know this is risky business, and you don't all uh, need to participate fully if you if you don't want to. Uh, we all have our our talents, um, although not all of them are known to me. I look at Knox pointedly. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh did anyone else have any any leads or, or information that they'd like to share at this
3: time um i had, i do have something it's not about sunshine or drugs or anything but you had that that machine that's important to what's happening here kitty vaguely knows i think that man in that picture maybe works in city hall maybe works in government um i've seen him around my husband my husband uh, he didn't know much about it but i've seen him i think he's i think he might hang out around there around city hall how curious that the government would be measuring magical activity in the city yeah who knows who knows what they what they're up to?
1: So sorry, like we all know of the existence of this man. We've all seen him in a photograph or as a dead body. Only mm-hmm. Knox knows he's dead. Is that correct? Yes. Maybe it would make sense for us also to explore City Hall. That's,
3: I think, a good idea. I think there might be some information there that we might not be able to get from the docks.
4: Yes, I would agree. I don't think it's prudent to you know, rush into you know a warehouse and demand anything of of the wolves, especially if there is um, inner turmoil there splitting the group in two. I think it would be prudent maybe uh, Roman, if we could get in touch with Alan and uh, meet. Uh, I think, I think that might be a good angle there, especially if he's
1: involved in whatever resistance is brewing. I totally agree, but I don't really know how to find Alan at this point. And honestly, I've been looking for weeks, so I don't think he's just going to show up on our doorstep. Have you really looked around the docks, like, for Alan? That's a good point.
3: Um, Like, you know he's there, but you haven't gone there, have you?
0: And also, I will say, roles like hitting the streets can help me give you ways to be like, oh, this person was here kind of thing. Um, so you can you can learn new information with roles
1: yeah um, we can go maybe start a Trixie's bar what do you guys think I would agree Nox, you've been oddly
4: quiet mm. anything to add
2: perhaps not oddly <laughs> you've been familiarly quiet oh the one thing I was wondering is if this gun has is it whether it's associated with like Rex's, Henchmen henchwomen or if there's something that would indicate that it's like their property or is it just a gun?
0: I mean not so much that like a a criminal emperor would put like property
2: of on the handle yes. of like an yes, illegal yes. magic gun.
3: If you bring up the gun to the group, I can use psychometry on it. And that might help.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, this is like, I'm, I'm obviously somewhat out of character here, but this yeah. is essentially what I'm trying to propose. Uh, because the wolves are sympathetic to Rex, right? That's the whole thing. There's a
0: group that are, and there's a, a newer group that seems like maybe they're not. And you might have some leverage there, right?
2: Yes. Well, I'm trying to have leverage on the ones that are sympathetic because I have a gun that could make them potentially less sympathetic to Rex if it's used on them. If, make them on fire. If it's, oh, if it's canonically associated through. with Rex. As in, like, someone in the night came and shot us. What was it like? It was like a giant fireball came and killed one of us. Wow, we don't like Rex anymore is kind of the train of thought I have.
0: That's a great play. And I'm gonna have to make you play nice with others, not necessarily these fuckos, but at least someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna let you like come to that like Rex. This is a Rex conclusion on yourself. You need to no, rely I, on no. Sorry, outside.
2: that is what I'm saying. That's yeah. like this is me. As but I think that that scheme is as, great. Asking the volunteer, I'm saying, I think that if these these werewolves are sympathetic to Rex's cause, that we may have the means potentially to make them less sympathetic. And you pull out the gun. And yeah. I pointed at everyone in the group all coolly. Who shot Mr. Burns? <laughs> <laughs> all coolly. Um,
4: Please don't threaten my staff. Thank you.
2: The only thing is uh, I'm not too familiar with this. Uh... Susan, do you have any idea? Have you st- I mean, I are mean, a weapons experts?
3: You talked uh, about, like, the last session, about the symbols being kind of similar, similar to the symbols in your holy gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Which maybe is, like, a great time to pull out
0: <laughs> you aim another gun back at Nox's nice. face.
3: <laughs> We're doing the spider.
4: A gun you. like this? No, I mean I've never, never met a gun that could do that. But um, you know, my own gun is special, and I pull out the small one, which is engraved with similar, but different runes.
2: Where does one go to get a very niche rune inscribed weapon?
4: Well, you make some friends,
2: <laughs> and you oh.
4: <laughs> you make some friends. You play nice, and you pay well. My uh, my guy's name is Calvin. Calvin,
1: like at the garage.
4: Yeah, he works on my bike.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's Alan's brother. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that. I oh, you did know that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was for being sarcastic.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Do you know anything about him supplying to other people in the city? Is
4: I know he's not sympathetic to Rex. That's one of the reasons that we have wolves in
3: Fairside. Um All right. I'm gonna during this conversation just do my thing and pick up your Did you just put the gun down or do you have are you holding it? I'm
2: pointing at it. Are you
3: pointing? I am not <laughs> stop threatening my zap. I put mine on a table. These
4: are like You're such a nasty weird. Swimming. I'm I'm
2: leaning back, spinning it. I oh my god. Um, um, throwing it in the air.
3: Mr. It's on the table. it's it's, it's on, on the it's table, on the so table. I can just pick it up. It's, yes. Okay, I'm gonna like very uncomfortably pick up the gun and i'm going to
2: hey that's my gun
3: one second (laughs) Ooh, i did bad okay um what am i rolling with though spirit okay so that's still seven yeah i can ask one question which is where does this object belong
0: you see mickey Mm -hmm. big guy big shaved head blonde guy cheap suit now he's just wearing like work clothes he's in some it looks like maybe like an indoor like storage unit or something somewhere and he walks up to a big like metal garage style door and hammers on it in like a series like a password series of knocks and that rolls up from the bottom and he ducks his head inside and he enters this like tiny little workshop that's been built into this anonymous storage unit somewhere in the city. And there is a girl there. She is uh, pretty petite. She's like five foot nothing. She's got uh, like bright red hair that's super messy and sticks up at all angles. She is like mid thirties, looks a little like tough and rough. She's got kind of like a a busted nose. And um, she uh, talks with Mickey. And he's like explaining something to her. You can't really get any of the audio. And then she turns and uh, pulls a sheet, like a drop cloth off of a table. And you see another four or five of these same pistols carved with different sets of runes uh, lined up there that she's clearly been working on.
3: Can I put a face to a name? Yeah. What faction am I rolling with? Yeah, I get to roll with a faction.
0: Rolling with power.
3: Power. Oh, good. That's me. Nine, 10, 11. When you put a face to a name...
0: Learn something interesting and useful about them, or they owe you a debt.
3: I want to do the first one, please.
0: Okay. This uh, woman's name is Charlotte, and she is uh, the wife of Ivy, who runs the Fairside Lakeshore Friends. Oh, (laughs) I know. I know her. Yeah, you've met her at, like, parties and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
3: This belongs to a a woman who who I know. Um, I know where she lives. We could... Her name's Charlotte. I guess she has... What did I know about Charlotte before? Just that she was Ivy's wife.
0: Mostly through Ivy, yeah. Yeah. She said she worked in finance.
3: I thought she was an accountant or something, but I guess she's some kind of holy mechanic.
0: You can be two things. (laughs) Holy
3: arms dealer? Holy arms dealer. (laughs) I
4: mean, it's so easy to just say that you work in accounting and then nobody asks you any questions about
1: your job. (laughs) Yeah, I work in accounting. Yeah,
0: Oh yeah, I, that was true when I worked in accounting too. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Says the ghost.
0: <laughs> that was uh Nancy.
1: That was Nancy. <laughs> Nancy.
0: So what what is happening? What do we all want to do?
1: Okay, let's go to Trixie's. So we're going to a bar. Who
0: is going to Trixie's?
1: Everyone? Let's let's, like let's stick together. Oh, okay. Before we go, I, I do want to uh, drag Rowan into my favorite closet. Nice, taxidermy <laughs> closet, this isn't creepy at all.
0: Sorry, we're just gonna kiss, um, I
2: mean, <laughs> do accounting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: this situation, too, is that you two are, like, the connective tissue for everyone in the room, so I feel like when you leave, we're just kind of, like... On your phones. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is your chance to connect. Anyway, drugs, what's up? <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah, so I pull you into this closet, and I pull out of a pocket three bottles of sunshine.
1: Um, do you notice anything weird about this particular shipment? I you know it's maybe uh, slightly off
4: color, but um, my supplier said he he tried it, and it it is fine. Like, nothing bad happened. He says it's
1: missing a little something. Maybe, I don't know. And you don't know what's missing? No, I haven't tried it myself. And you haven't tried it yourself. Okay. I thought that was unwise (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Huh. Roman is desperate. She'll buy it. Okay. But...
0: Susan, you make a tidy 15% return.
1: (laughs) I am going to say, you know, Susan, I think it's time we bond a little. It's weird when you call me Susan. Susan. (laughs) <laughs> I think Next I like it better when you call me Simon. <laughs> Simon, whatever. I'm yeah. bonding with both of you. <laughs> Next time we have some downtime, you and I are going to try this together. Again. Hmm? Like the first time. Yeah. Like, for old time's sake. All right. And I push the money in your hand and I leave the closet. That's fun. I count ten and... Leaf. <laughs> why? why, why?
3: <laughs> so
0: that no one would know that we were in the same in closet, closet <laughs> at the same time.
3: We all just watched you go into a closet. <laughs> I like to think I'm more subtle than someone like Nancy, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to Trixie's? Yeah. Yes. Thank
1: okay. you. Okay.
0: You taxi to the docks. Wait, well, I want to have a conversation oh. with the taxi driver on the way
1: there. <laughs> no.
0: I give me give me a little bit of, of, of setting monologue, which is that you pile in this taxi, Kitty in the front seat, like a lady, the three of you in the back, and uh, Knox and Kitty have probably not had much reason to ever go to the docks before, probably also Roman too. Susan's the only one that really knows the way, um, so maybe she's kind of uh, directing the cab driver and telling him to take kind of side streets and back alleys, so it's a little less, uh, uh, I guess you're in a cab, so still, don't want to be too visible and um, the 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 dense kind of cramped crooked alleys and narrow lanes of fairside fall away and the four of you in your taxi crest a uh, large bridge that spans a river that cuts across the city of lakeshore and as you crest the bridge you see a huge uh, rich orange spring sunset as the sun slowly descends over the lake and paints the sky in a million shades of pink and purple and red and orange and cream. And uh, by the time you make it to the docks and the cab driver extorts you for his uh, inordinate amount of
2: fare, you step out. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's I told you, bud. Yeah. No, you were running the meter back there. I swear. It's.
1: Yeah. I feel like Kitty would pay it just to avoid this. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I love to pay more to avoid
2: conflict. No, 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 no,
0: no, no. This is matter <laughs> of principle. Um, <laughs> you step out into a uh, warm, humid evening in the docks. Uh, it's a pretty quiet district because um, everyone who's here is working. And if they're not working, they're either sleeping or they're in a place like Trixie's, which is at the end of this street with light spilling from its windows and its door. As people move in and out, a big hand painted sign hangs above and uh, the eyes in Trixie's are replaced their dots with full moons. Thank you for listening to episode 7 of Lakeshore. I'm really excited for the gang to start branching out of the Fairside neighborhood and exploring the rest of what Lakeshore has to offer. Did you know that we post exclusive bloopers and outtakes that you'll only find on our Patreon page? Swing by patreon.com slash realms to see all the stuff too hot to make it to air. <laughs> Next episode drops May 12th. See you then.